0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Napoleon of Notting Hill by G. K. Chesterton Section 14. Book 5. Chapter 2. The Last Battle the day was cloudy when wayne went down to die with all his army in kensington gardens it was cloudy again when that army had been swallowed up by the vast armies of a new world there had been an almost uncanny interval of sunshine in which the provost of notting hill with all the placidity of an onlooker had gazed across to the hostile armies on the great spaces of verdure opposite the long strips of green and blue and gold lay across the park in squares and oblongs like a proposition in euclid wrought in rich embroidery but the sunlight was a weak and as it were a wet sunlight and was soon swallowed up wayne spoke to the king with a queer sort of coldness and languor as to the military operations it was as he had said the night before that being deprived of his sense of an impractical rectitude, he was, in effect, being deprived of everything. He was out of date, and at sea in a mere world of compromise and competition, of empire against empire, of the tolerably right and the tolerably wrong. When his eye fell on the king, however, who was marching very gravely with a top hat and a halberd, it brightened slightly, well your majesty he said you at least ought to be proud today if your children are fighting each other at least those who win are your children other kings have distributed justice you have distributed life other kings have ruled a nation you have created nations others have made kingdoms you have begotten them look at your children father and he stretched his hand toward the enemy "'Auberon did not raise his eyes. "'See how splendidly cried Wayne, "'the new cities come on, "'the new cities from across the river. "'See where Battersea advances over there "'under the flag of the lost dog, and Putney. "'Don't you see the man on the white boar "'shining on their standard as the sun catches it? "'It is the coming of a new age, your Majesty. "'Notting Hill is not a common empire.' It is a thing like Athens, the mother of a mode of life, of a manner of living, which shall renew the youth of the world, a thing like Nazareth. When I was young I remember, in the old dreary days, wiseacres used to write books about how trains would get faster, and all the world be one empire, and tram-cars go to the moon. And even as a child I used to say to myself, far more likely that we shall go on the crusades again or worship the gods of the city and so it has been and i am glad though this is my last battle even as he spoke there came a crash of steel from the left and he turned his head wilson he cried with a kind of joy red wilson has charged our left no one can hold him in he eats swords HE IS AS KEEN A SOLDIER AS TURNBULL, BUT LESS PATIENT, LESS REALLY GREAT. HA! AND BARKER IS MOVING. HOW BARKER HAS IMPROVED! HOW HANDSOME HE LOOKS! IT IS NOT ALL HAVING PLUMES, IT IS ALSO HAVING A SOUL IN ONE'S DAILY LIFE. HA! AND ANOTHER CRASH OF STEEL ON THE RIGHT SHOWED THAT BARKER HAD CLOSED WITH NOTTING HILL ON THE OTHER SIDE. Turnbull is there, cried Wayne. See him, hurl them back. Barker is checked. Turnbull charges, wins. But our left flank is broken. Wilson has smashed bowls and Meade, and may turn our flank. Forward the provost's guard. And the whole centre move forward, Wayne's face and hair and sword flaming in the van. The king ran suddenly forward. The next instant a great jar that went through it told that it had met the enemy, and right over against them, through the wood of their own weapons, Auburn saw the purple eagle of Buck of North Kensington. On the left, Red Wilson was storming the broken ranks, his little green figure conspicuous even in the tangle of men and weapons, with the flaming red moustaches and the crown of laurel. Bowles slashed at his head and tore away some of the wreath, leaving the bloody rest and with a roar like a bull's wilson sprang at him and after a rattle of fencing plunged his point into the chemist who fell crying notting hill then the notting hillers wavered and bayswater swept them back in confusion wilson had carried everything before him on the right however turnbull had carried the red lion banner with a rush against barker's men and the banner of the golden birds bore up with difficulty against it barker's men fell fast in the center wayne and buck were engaged stubborn and confused so far as the fighting went it was precisely equal but the fighting was a farce for behind the three small armies with which wayne's small army was engaged lay the great sea of the allied armies which looked on as yet as scornful spectators but could have broken all four armies by moving a finger. Suddenly they did move. Some of the front contingents, the pastoral chiefs from Shepherd's Bush, with their spears and fleeces, were seen advancing, and the rude clans from Paddington Green. They were advancing for a very good reason. Buck of North Kensington was signalling wildly. He was surrounded and totally cut off his regiments were a struggling mass of people islanded in a red sea of notting hill the allies had been too careless and confident they had allowed barker's force to be broken to pieces by turnbull and the moment that was done the astute old leader of notting hill swung his men round and attacked buck behind and on both sides at the same moment wayne cried charge and struck him in front like a thunderbolt Two-thirds of Buck's men were cut to pieces before their allies could reach them. Then the sea of cities came on with their banners like breakers, and swallowed Notting Hill forever. The battle was not over, for not one of Wayne's men would surrender, and it lasted till sundown and long after. But it was decided. The story of Notting Hill was ended. When Turnbull saw it, he ceased a moment from fighting and looked round him the evening sunlight struck his face it looked like a child's i have had my youth he said then snatching an axe from a man he dashed into the thick of the spears of shepherd's bush and died somewhere far in the depths of their reeling ranks then the battle roared on every man of notting hill was slain before night Wayne was standing by a tree alone after the battle. Several men approached him with axes. One struck at him. His foot seemed partly to slip, but he flung his hand out and steadied himself against the tree. Barker sprang after him, sword in hand and shaking with excitement. "'How large now, my lord,' he cried, "'is the empire of Notting Hill!' Wayne smiled in the gathering dark, always as large as this, he said, and swept his sword round in a semicircle of silver. Barker dropped wounded in the neck, and Wilson sprang over his body like a tiger-cat rushing at Wayne. At the same moment there came behind the Lord of the Red Lion a cry and a flare of yellow, and a mass of the West Kensington halberdiers ploughed up the slope, knee-deep in grass, bearing the yellow banner of the city before them, and shouting aloud, AT THE SAME SECOND, WILSON WENT DOWN UNDER WAYNE'S SWORD, SEEMINGLY SMASHED LIKE A FLY. THE GREAT SWORD ROSE AGAIN LIKE A BIRD, BUT WILSON SEEMED TO RISE WITH IT, AND HIS SWORD, BEING BROKEN, SPRANG AT WAYNE'S THROAT LIKE A DOG. THE FOREMOST OF THE YELLOW HALBERDIERS HAD REACHED THE TREE, AND SWUNG HIS AXE ABOVE THE STRUGGLING WAYNE. WITH A CURSE THE KING WHIRLED UP HIS OWN HALBERD, AND DASHED THE BLADE IN THE MAN'S FACE. He reeled and rolled down the slope just as the furious Wilson was flung on his back again, and again he was on his feet, and again at Wayne's throat. Then he was flung again, but this time laughing triumphantly. Grasped in his hand was the red and yellow favour that Wayne wore as provost of Notting Hill. He had torn it from the place where it had been carried for twenty-five years. With a shout the West Kensington men closed round Wayne, the great yellow banner flapping over his head. Where is your favour now, Provo? cried the West Kensington leader, and a laugh went up. Adam struck at the standard-bearer and brought him reeling forward. As the banner stooped, he grasped the yellow folds and tore off a shred. A halberdier struck him on the shoulder, wounding bloodily. Here is one colour, he cried. PUSHING THE YELLOW INTO HIS BELT, AND HERE HE CRIED, POINTING TO HIS OWN BLOOD, HERE IS THE OTHER. AT THE SAME INSTANT THE SHOCK OF A SUDDEN AND HEAVY halberd LAID THE KING STUNNED OR DEAD. IN THE WILD VISIONS OF VANISHING CONSCIOUSNESS HE SAW AGAIN, SOMETHING THAT BELONGED TO AN UTTERLY FORGOTTEN TIME, SOMETHING THAT HE HAD SEEN SOMEWHERE LONG AGO, IN A RESTAURANT. HE SAW WITH HIS SWIMMING EYES, RED AND YELLOW. THE COLORS OF NICARAGUA. Quinn did not see the end. Wilson, wild with joy, sprang again at Adam Wayne, and the great sword of Notting Hill was whirled above once more. Then men ducked instinctively at the rushing noise of the sword coming down out of the sky, and Wilson of Bayswater was smashed and wiped down upon the floor like a fly. Nothing was left of him but a wreck. But the blade that had broken him... Was broken. In dying, he had snapped the great sword and the spell of it. The sword of Wayne was broken at the hilt. One rush of the enemy carried Wayne by force against the tree. They were too close to use halberd or even sword. They were breast to breast, even nostril to nostril, but Buck got his dagger free. Kill him, he cried in a strange, stifled voice. Kill him, good or bad, he is none of us. Do not be blinded by the face god have we not been blinded all along and he drew his arm back for a stab and seemed to close his eyes wayne did not drop the hand that hung on to the tree branch but a mighty heave went over his breast and his whole huge figure like an earthquake over great hills and with that convulsion of effort he rent the branch out of the tree with the tongues of torn wood and swaying it once only he let the splintered club fall on buck breaking his neck the planner of the great road fell faced foremost dead with his dagger in a grip of steel for you and me and for all the brave men my brother said wayne in his strange chant there is good wine poured in the inn at the end of the world the packed men made another lurch or heave toward him It was almost too dark to fight clearly. He caught hold of the oak again, this time getting his hand into a wide crevasse and grasping it as it were, the bowels of the tree. The whole crowd, numbering some thirty men, made a rush to tear him away from it. They hung on with all their weight and numbers, and nothing stirred. A solitude could not have been stiller than that group of straining men. Then there was a faint sound his hand is slipping cried two men in exultation you don't know much of him said another grimly a man of the old war more likely his bone cracks it is neither by god it is neither said one of the first two what is it then asked the second the tree is falling he replied as the tree falleth so shall it lie said wayne's voice out of the darkness and it had the same sweet and yet horrible air that it had throughout of coming from a great distance from before or after the event even when he was struggling like an eel or battering like a madman he spoke like a spectator as the tree falleth so shall it lie he said men have called that a gloomy text it is the essence of all exaltation i am doing now what i have done all my life WHAT IS THE ONLY HAPPINESS, WHAT IS THE ONLY UNIVERSALITY. I AM CLINGING TO SOMETHING. LET IT FALL, AND THERE LET IT LIE. FOOLS, YOU GO ABOUT AND SEE THE KINGDOMS OF THE EARTH, AND ARE LIBERAL AND WISE AND COSMOPOLITAN, WHICH IS ALL THAT THE DEVIL CAN GIVE YOU, ALL THAT HE COULD OFFER TO CHRIST, ONLY TO BE SPURNED AWAY. I AM DOING WHAT THE TRULY WISE DO when a child goes out into the garden and takes hold of a tree saying let this tree be all i have that moment its roots take hold on hell and its branches on the stars the joy i have is what the lover knows when a woman is everything it is what a savage knows when his idol is everything it is what i know when notting hill is everything i have a city LET IT STAND OR FALL. AS HE SPOKE, THE TURF LIFTED ITSELF LIKE A LIVING THING, AND OUT OF IT ROSE SLOWLY, LIKE CRESTED SERPENTS, THE ROOTS OF THE OAK. THEN THE GREAT HEAD OF THE TREE, THAT SEEMED A GREEN CLOUD AMONG THE GREY ONES, SWEPT THE SKY SUDDENLY LIKE A BROOM, AND THE WHOLE TREE heeled OVER LIKE A SHIP, SMASHING EVERYONE IN ITS FALL. End of Book 5, Chapter 2.